and welcome to one of a whole bunch of podcasts that we'll be putting out there as we get ready for our 25th anniversary in the radio commercial making business of Oink Inc. Radio. I'm Dan Price, along with my partner slash brother, Jim Price. And thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us yet again as we present a bunch of spots that we've done along the way. We're featuring one per installment of this podcast where we thought it would be sort of interesting to kind of celebrate 25 of our favorite spots that we've ever done in those 25 years, which was not easy to cull down since we've done, I don't even know, four, five, 7,000 commercials that we've done over the years. So we're sort of recognizing spots that were, you know, memorable in some way. They marked a certain milestone. They were the first one we did for a large client, just all that kind of stuff. Uh, We're presenting them in no particular order, so you are not uh, listening in any wrong order. The last five or so we will do in countdown fashion until we get to our very favorite spot we've done in 25 years. In this installment, we're going to listen to and talk about a spot we did for our super great clients that we've had for literally about 20 years, and that's not even an exaggeration. And, well, and I say that because I know yeah. the last time I counted it was 19, and I don't know if that was a year ago. But they I used to be 19. called King World, and now they're CBS Television Distribution. And we've gone through many regimes there and everything, and they've just been this just wonderful client who likes the way we do things, and we love the way they do things, and it makes for this very easy kind of relationship, and it's generated some of our favorite work. In fact, in the 25, there are at least a few spots, at least a couple Jeopardy and a couple Wheel of Fortune radio spots that we've done. And today, not only be playing you one of our favorite Jeopardies, we'll be playing you two of our favorite Jeopardies, but only one made it to be named one of the top 25. They both were promoting in different years the Tournament of Champions, which is a big deal for Jeopardy if you watch the show, and you should. But both are just two of my favorite spots of all time. But the second one that we will play for you, we chose because I just think it was really a special kind of idea. The performances were, I mean, just great. There's, you know, a little bit of backstory to the performances. And uh, anyway, we'll get to that uh, in, in due time. You know, I, I remember uh, having one of our, you know, briefing calls about the Tournament of Champions. You were talking about both these spots being for that. And the whole idea, and it was kind of the strategy has been set forth from, you know, this was probably in 1998 until now, was that, yeah, they're super smart, Jeopardy champions going head to head, and but they're not nerd. You know, this is super competitive. It's knockdown, drag out. Yeah, they're smart, but that doesn't make them any less competitive than LeBron James. It's just that their court, if you will, is different. So it was all about make them competitive, make them, quote unquote, almost like athletes uh, fighting for this big prize. I mean, walk away with 100 grand and that's pretty good payday for a teacher from Sheboygan. So both of these solutions came out of that. Yeah, that brief or that strategy, you know, was established in 98 or whatever. And every tournament of champion spot we've done since then, it's basically, you know, a campaign a year has attempted to kind of follow that. And, And normally I think we do sometimes two, sometimes three spots per 
Tournament of Champions. There will be like a quarterfinals, a semifinals spot, and then the finals, you know, which sometimes have even a little more like urgency to it or whatever. So we, we do these nice little campaigns. We'll only be playing one spot of from each of these. In fact, the second one, I'm not even sure was part of the campaign. No, back in that day, no. Okay. So this first one, why don't we get into this now? It's called Cage Match. Sort of going along, you could see where this is headed. And I just, every time I hear this, I just love it. I wish we were doing our favorite 26 spots because this would be a, a contender for me. Just the writing, if you really listen to the, the big announcer part of it. And uh, so anyway, we will play that uh, first and then we'll come back to the one we did name. So this is a, a spot for the Tournament of Champions for the show Jeopardy uh, called Cage Match. Imagine three human beings thrown into a cage and made to fight each other for money. Only they can't use their hands or feet, only their brains. So they're not really fighting, it's more like thinking. And they're not really thrown into this cage as much as they're escorted onto a TV quiz show set. That's exactly what this tournament is like. Don't miss the Jeopardy! Tournament of Champions to see who walks away with a quarter of a million dollar grand prize. Catch the finals on the next Jeopardy! So, as you can see, it was all about the competition and going head-to-head. And, of course, a uh, tip of the cap to kind of the big overdone announcer was uh, Ralph Gunderman. And our kind of more uh, normal VO guy is uh, David Slavin, who'd done a bunch of Jeopardy! for us uh, over the years. Ralph, I just think, was was fantastic. That spot eventually actually was animated, and that's... On our site, if anybody cares to like click over and, and find out, which I think is also re- really uh, a neat uh, sort of digital spot. But anyway, now we go to the backstory that leads to the spot that was named one of our top 25. This is called uh, Trash Talking, but there's a little bit of a story behind this. It has great, great cast in it in, in Steve Ahern and Bob Caliban both of which are just such a pleasure. They're complete pros. They're great. And they're perfect for this, especially, I don't know, especially either. They're both great. But Steve Ahern, when he gets in a booth and and you need some oomph, man, does he deliver it to the point where the veins are popping out yeah. of his neck and nobody would ever believe he does this for a living. Well, you know, I remember, so yeah, I remember we kind of like, I don't know, discovered that about him. I don't, I'm not saying we discovered him. I'm just saying, you know, that was his part of his wheelhouse was for actually, I think it was a spot for Tabasco from oh, yeah. an old friend, uh, Jim Hort, where it was Christmas time and, and it's just he kind of builds. And by the end of it, I mean, he's, he's like sweating through a shirt. So when it got to this spot, I mean, of course, we cast and all that, but. As soon yeah, as it, it came up, it was like, was oh, Christ, uh, you know, Steve's going to win. Yeah. And it's kind of gotten to a joke anytime I see him for an audition. You know, what am I shouting about today? And we try and go out of our way. And you'd <laughs> never know it when you see him on the yeah. street. I actually used to live near him on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and I'd pass him a kick. He's the most low-key guy walking down the sidewalk. But in a booth, I mean, he's sweating, and and he's just tremendous, as he as he was in this spot. I almost can't wait to hear it again myself. But there is another story to uh, this, yes. in that we booked him and Bob, and they showed up. You remember this better than I do, but I know yeah. we're all situated and looking forward to this spot because it's such a... This, you'd have to get in the way of it to mess it up. It was just good on on paper. And so they show up, and we start getting into it, yeah, I mean, and, and when Steve got there, he said, you know, I've eh, been a little under the weather lately, and, and 
you know, oh, you're going to be okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dan was saying, I mean, he's a pro. He's not going to call in sick. You don't do that. We get like two takes in and it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, he was sweating before we asked him to. So, uh, and Bob being just a peach of a person was like, hey, Steve, do it. And we had to put it off for a few days because there was no way we were going to replace him. I mean, it was almost like written for the guy. So we got an extension on the old deadline and, uh, you know, waited it out a couple of days till Steve could drop a kidney shouting. And so once again, I would ask, you know, just like in cage match, if you really listen to the words of this, it's just really, really nicely written. It's one of those spots. It's sort of like, where the heck is this going? You, you could probably imagine because we're already revealing the name of it and everything, but pretend you don't know any of that. And uh, so here's a spot called Trash Talking with uh, Steve Ahern and Bob Caliban. And then pulling up the rear is the great Chris Murney. Your mama is so teratoid, she makes Rasputin appear to be as comely as Aphrodite. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, your mama is as vapid as Menta Spicata in a glass of Camellia Sinensis. Well, I think I saw your brother. What? He was in a Streptobacillus culture. Ah, you wouldn't know a Streptobacillus from a Streptomyces. Oh, yeah? The Jeopardy $100,000 Tournament of Champions is coming. Narcissist sycophant! Let the trash talking begin. Anytime we write for Jeopardy and we try and get smart, which is not necessarily our forte, we always got to make sure to cross our T's and check our I's because the people that pay attention to Jeopardy spots are Jeopardy viewers for the most part. And every once in a while, maybe you get called out on a missed detail or something. So I remember seeing this spot and going and looking up every phrase and word because I sure as hell didn't know what half this stuff meant. I was proud I knew sycophant, but just making sure that all that stuff made sense. Well, and I can't imagine it was that easy to scream these things that these guys didn't know what those words meant either. And they're having to argue them, which is uh, is another testament to them. I have no idea how the, how they got through this spot in the manner that they did. But anyway, that, that was also a spot that I will always remember as being it was one of our earlier Mercury recognized spots, which in another installment of these podcasts, we mentioned that it's pretty rare to win awards with promo spots. You hear them all day long promoting shows that are that night and everything. You don't, you don't really see them at award shows. And this thing really did well for us, was talked about and all that kind of thing. It was just a, there's no wonder it made our top 25. So anyway, that is it for uh, this podcast. And uh, thanks everybody so much for listening to these. We continue to get some really nice feedback. As a matter of fact, while that spot was playing, I saw a text from someone who had just listened to one. So that's great to know that we're not just talking to one another here. So thanks again, and we will see you next time.